Hello and welcome to the Should Be Famous Podcast. I am Clayton Pixton. Today, you are going to learn how airplanes fly. And it's not the way that uh, some people say they do. And you'll see what I'm talking about. Uh, it's good to be broadcasting. Uh, it's been a little while, I know. Uh, there's been, oh, an issue with uh, the iTunes directory. Let's just put it that way. And... Uh, I think it's getting solved, um, but we will see. So, hope you enjoy the music and the aerodynamics talk. So, I checked out a book from the library. Well, I told my wife. She's going to the library. Took me out a book on aerodynamics. So she comes back. She went with the kids. She comes back with a book called The History of Aerodynamics. Great. So I start reading it, and I'm reading it, kind of enjoying it. So aerodynamics. The study of fluid motion, you might say. Uh, there's a better definition probably, but you know it's basically how, um, you know, what happens when you put things of various shapes through an airstream. So, the Wright brothers actually made themselves, this is partly why they were successful, they made themselves a wind tunnel, and their own wind tunnel, and they tried various uh, airfoils, and an airfoil is basically the shape of a wing, to see which ones worked better at uh, creating lift and not creating too much drag. That's, that's the whole long and short of how you want to make a good airfoil. You want a shape that will uh, create lift and not create too much drag. Drags what uh, makes you need more power, what slows the plane down, what pulls it backwards. They say thrust is what pushes it forward. They say lift is what, you know, lifts it up. And then there's gravity or whatever, weight or something. And those are the forces on an airplane pulling in all directions. And you gotta, when you balance them, you have straight and level flight. Well, that's fine. But as a student of theory and just kind of a common sense person, I've always, always been bugged by the various explanations I see. Not various, it's repetitions of the same exact thing that say that the reason that airplanes fly is the Bernoulli principle, named after a guy named Bernoulli, and it has to do with the fact that the upper side of the wing is curved, and the bottom of the side of the wing is flat, relatively flat, so the air going above the top part of the wing moves faster, and even though there's more area to cover, the net 
pressure on the top of the wing is less than on the bottom. So, less pressure on the top, more pressure on the bottom. What does that do to the wing? Makes the wing pick up, it lifts. Right, so there you go, that's why airplanes fly. Mystery solved, right? Well, okay. You can put that same airfoil upside down and get the airplane to fly. How do I know? Because I've flown airplanes upside down. I've flown model airplanes that had a Clark Y airfoil. They fly upside down. The difference is that they create more drag. They don't fly as well. It's not, it's, it's awkward. You have to put them at a higher angle of attack. And uh, I'm sure if you put it through a wind tunnel, you'd get all kinds of separation from the uh, skin of the airfoil, the surface of it. And that whenever you have air separate from that, you get a little vortex, little, uh, you get turbulence, and turbulence is drag. You want to create an airfoil where there is the least amount of drag possible, where it basically leaves the air as much as possible like it was. Kind of like the leave no trace concept in Boy Scouts. You know, you go hiking, you pick up your garbage as you go, you don't walk off the trails, you, you leave no trace, you come back and Nobody would know you were there. You clean up your fire pits or you use existing, you know. Same thing with, it's just kind of a silly analogy, but yeah, that's how, how airfoils are supposed to work. You leave no trace. You leave as little wake as possible. You drag as little air with you. You leave it where it is and you just kind of cut through it and don't do anything to it. Well, you can't entirely do that because you gotta push air down to keep the airplane up. And, and here's my point. All this stuff about low pressure on the top and high pressure on the bottom, and so it lifts the wing up. Okay, that's nice, but what's the net effect of that? The net effect of that is you're pushing air down. In order to keep an airplane aloft, you've got to push air down. There's no way around it helicopter flies. The rotors uh, go around. It's like a big propeller or it's like a couple of, or more of rotating wings. And what do they do? They push the air down. There's no other way to keep a helicopter aloft or a bird or any other flying machine than by pushing air down. Why do you have to push it down? This goes to the, the basic, uh, the same way rockets fly, the same way anything accelerates. Here in a gravitational field, in order to counter gravity, that one G, you've gotta shove something down. Um, if I were floating in space, Okay, let's take this to the real basics. If I was floating in space, I had no way of changing my trajectory. It doesn't matter if I'm going a million miles an hour or floating stationary relative to something. It's all relative anyway. But uh, 
if I'm doing that, if I'm in space, how am I gonna move? How am I gonna move one inch from the, my path of motion? Say I have a rock in my pocket. I can get that rock and I can hurl it in one direction. What's gonna happen to me? I'm gonna go in the opposite direction of where I hurled that rock, pure and simple. In a very predictable mathematical uh, way, according to the mass of that object and my mass and its velocity in, rel in uh, relative to mine. So, if I throw that rock and I want to go a little faster, or if I say I don't have a rock, well, I could take off my shirt, throw that shirt, same difference. I could take off my shoe, throw my shoe, I could, I could spit. If, uh, if I don't have anything left and pulling chunks out of my skin, then I'm in trouble. But that's the only way I can locomote in space. There's nowhere to push against. If I had air, it'd be like having a rock. And I could push that air behind me. I could swim, as it were. Which is what an airplane is doing. It's, it's like it's swimming. It's getting air in front of it. It's the propeller or jet engine, whatever en kind of engine it's using, is getting air in front. It's pushing it to the back. And that how, that's how it goes. In fact, for an airplane, it's as if there were rocks floating all around it in space, in the atmosphere, as it, as it happens to be in space. There ain't no air, so there ain't no rocks, unless you do find some rocks floating around, and, but we won't go there. In the atmosphere, it's like the airplane is surrounded by rocks in the air that it can grab and hurl behind it, which is exa exactly what it does. It's not ro real rocks, it's, it's air that it propels, but that's what it's like. So a rocket ship in space does the same thing. Some people thought before they sent a rocket into space, well, how's it gonna work in space? There's nothing, there's no air, there's no, you have nothing to push against. Maybe it won't uh, fly, you'll get up there and you'll just float and it doesn't matter how much you blast your, blast your rocket engine, you'll be stationary, you'll be stuck. Well, I imagine there were people who knew better, but in any case, uh, those people were, it was proven that they could indeed locomote, you know, even in space. You, you can accelerate, you can do whatever. But what do you need? What do you need in order to do that? How do they do that? They have rocket fuel, or they have other little blasters to, you know, uh, maneuver and stuff. I don't know what kind of gas they use for those. But anyway, it's a gas. And what comes out of the rocket motor is gas. It's matter. There was, there's this rocket ship. It's all self-contained. But it's, in, a, in essence, throwing a rock um, underneath it. And what does that do? It makes our rocket ship go in the opposite direction. So in order to move, you've got to do that. Okay, here I am walking on the ground. Let's, uh, and it's the same with a car. 
How do I move? I push the ground behind me. How do I stop? I push the ground in front of me. And I stop. Same thing with a car. The wheels will push the ground behind it, and it pushes the whole earth. You're, you are pushing the whole earth, believe it or not. But the earth is actually quite big, and your car is really relatively small. So everything else is going to kind of look like it's in one place, and your car is going to go forward. But you've got to push against something. You've got to throw that rock. Same thing as if you if you stop a car. You've got to put on your brakes. You're actually accelerating, remember, when you stop. Um, when you change your path of motion, you accelerate. Whether you're, it doesn't matter which direction. If you're turning, stopping, going, going up, going down. Uh, and of course, gravity is a is the same as acceleration in the way that it behaves, and in my opinion, it is exactly the same thing, just in a different kind of uh, form or whatever. Different, not a, not even a different form. It's just that it's uh, it's just we think of it different, but it's really not. So, with gravity in a car, you're really the, the grounds stopping you. You know, there's all that going on at the same time. But say you're driving on a flat road, it, it'll cancel, cancel out. In order to stop, you put the brakes on, you push the earth forward. You, it jerks forward, except it's so big that you don't really notice it, and your car screeches to a halt. You have to, that's the only way to move. So an airplane and an airfoil is doing one thing, folks. The Bernoulli principles, fine and good, and the shape of the wing is great for making an efficient way to do what? Divert air down with the least amount of drag. That's all it does. It diverts air down. Whether it's high pressure on the t or low pressure on the top, high pressure on the bottom, whether it has a cambered airfoil, which means the bottom is kind of curved as well, going up, curves up, or it doesn't matter what kind of airfoil it is, it's or, or what's happening. The end, the net effect. It could be a flat wing. It could. You stick your hand out the window and you and you tilt your hand when you're driving. Tilt your hand. You can feel the air kind of low pressure on the bottom and your hand goes up you can if you think about it you could probably notice that there is low pressure on the top of your hand yeah I could see that because my hands going up it mostly feels though like I'm just pushing air down well that's exactly what you're doing with your hand and that's what makes your arm go up so and I hope and trust I want to trust that there are people out there who understand this. And I would feel very presumptuous to think that I'm the only one. So I'm sure I'm not. I'm sure there are people who are, yeah, you know, this, these 
ex explanations of aerodynamics and reasons why airplanes fly are really kind of missing the point. They're just their explanations for why airplanes fly are are really ex explanations for for how to make an efficient airfoil, meaning one that diverts air down and has um, little drag. Check, check. And uh, yeah, so there you go. All right, I hope you've enjoyed this edition of the Should Be Famous podcast on aerodynamics and what makes airplanes fly. I have, by the way, read up a little bit and uh, found out that I'm not crazy, that uh, there are several people out there who recognize that uh, the teaching of the Bernoulli principle is kind of the principal way that airplanes fly is really uh, an unfortunate um, and kind of misleading thing that went on for too long and and uh, yeah, so now you know, and uh, it's because you listen to this podcast. So uh, sorry for the wind noise, sorry for the car noise. Uh, try to do better with that, and have a great day. Until next time, bye.